0: Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Pet coverage not available in New Hampshire and North Carolina. Hello, hello, hello. I am Matt Williamson. This is the Locked On NFL podcast. We're going to go over a couple more games from week 16. A crazy week 16 that went from basically every day between Thursday and last night. Take a little break here and get into week 17 and then playoffs. I mean, this week 17 is going to be... A down week, I think, from an analyst standpoint. I mean, there's a couple games we'll really talk about a lot. I'm sure we'll talk Packers, Lions, almost like a playoff game, and and maybe we'll scout that one extra heavy, things like that. But in terms of NFC playoff picture, yesterday we talked about AFC picture. Uh, The Cowboys, whenever you look at this thing, they have the the X, Y, and Z all by their their name, all by their their name right now at 13 and 2. They clinched a playoff berth. They clinched a division title. They clinched a first round bye. They are 13 and 2. They are sitting pretty. They have the one seed all locked up. Hey, we will get into last night's game here in a moment. The Falcons also, as it stands right now, are the second seed, a bye, which is huge. Uh, The Seahawks lost last week, certainly hurt them with that. They have the X and Y next to their names, as do the Seahawks, which is the clinch the division berth and clinch their division title. So the Falcons will win the South. The Seahawks have won the West. Um, They need the Falcons to lose and them to win to get back in the bye situation. As it stands right now, the Lions are atop the North, but we know that might not be for long. They're at 9-6. and six. The Packers are at 9-6. and six. They meet Sunday night for a, well, it's not a playoff game, but it's a massive game. Winner wins is king of the North. Uh, the Packers are the team playing better right now, but we'll get into that game down the road later this week. Uh, as it stands right now, the Giants are the fifth seed. Which means they would travel to right. The Packers are the fourth seed right now. The Giants are the fifth seed. But the Giants win. I think they go up to the fourth seed because the Lions or Packers would then lose, and they would be at nine and seven into the playoffs. Although the Redskins and the Bucks have are still alive. Uh, the Redskins are much more alive than the Bucks. The Bucks need like a million different things to happen. Uh, The Giants will probably end up the four seed. Um, So they will then go to. What am I? Why can't I figure that out off the top of my head? They will go to probably the division winner of the North. Is that right? Why am I talking out of my butt here? That's wrong. Matt, you're dumb. Okay. Here's what will happen. The Giants are the fifth seed and should remain there. They should still go to the worst division winner, which will probably be the North, which will either be traveling to Detroit or to Green Bay. Loser of Lions Packers probably goes to Seattle. These things can change. Like I said, Seattle and Atlanta has things to play for. Atlanta or The, the, the Redskins could also get in. So it's a little bit convoluted, but the the key here is Lions versus Packers on Sunday night for the division title, and therefore then the fourth seed most likely overall. So let's talk about last night's game. Uh, Lions got rather dismantled by the Cowboys, and sure you'd like to win that if you're Detroit, but again... Uh, Winning on Sunday night is the most important thing here if you're the Lions. But they're coming back to earth. I mean, I think they're an average team, slightly above average. Um, Dallas looks really good, didn't have a ton to play for. But still, it was a dismantling by Dallas. I mean, they really took this game over, especially in the second half. Um, No Darius Slay in this game. I thought that was huge. Dez didn't have a ton of targets. But they had no answer for him whatsoever. Those corners were highly, highly exposed. Uh, I'm curious what Slay's situation is next week for the Packers. Because, uh, you know, Des is a good player, of course. But Green Bay's got more at you. And the, the corner position right now is a problem for the Lions, that's for sure. With Slay out, it's a, it's a huge problem. With him in, I think it's still a problem. But it was a huge problem last night. That's without question... Uh, Dez was a monster He played a very big game It was great to see him play as well as he did too Um, I thought Stafford played pretty well in the first half Uh, The Lions were running the ball pretty effectively We saw a lot of Zach Zenner Um, But then the game got out of hand Stafford cooled down a little bit Um, Lions abandoned the run as they so often do, and they need to address that huge this offseason, too, is get back to having a rushing attack that they can count on. Uh, Very little vertical presence from Stafford or in the Lions passing game. I thought the Dallas secondary played uh, very, very well. Uh, Randy Gregory and Irving were coming on big as the game went along, too. They're very encouraging for the future here. I mean, if they can get a pretty consistent pass rush, from those two, especially Irving. That's exactly what this team needs. You know, I mean, if you looked at the Cowboys and said, what's the one spot we would love to be better at? Pass rush, for sure. Uh, they're often playing with the lead as well. Uh, Marinelli's doing a heck of a job with not only those those young pass rushers, but the defense as a whole. Very well coached, maximizing what these guys do. Uh, I, I think Marinelli's having a fantastic year as a coordinator. Um, and... The Lions just couldn't keep up, you know, the the Dallas Cowboys on the offensive side of the ball were really good. Oh, one other thing I wanted to notice, and Gruden kept talking about this a lot last night, too, was that 32-dime package that Dallas was using. Three defensive linemen, two linebackers, of course, one of them was Sean Lee, and six defensive backs. You know, uh, they had a lot of success, you know, especially on throwing downs, of course. You're not going to match that up against heavier personnel. Um, but with great success from that that personnel grouping, it got, got, generated a lot of pressure out of there. It felt like Stafford and the protection schemes didn't know where it was coming. Um, they had great success with that. So that's something to, to keep an eye on. Uh, I love the uh, late in the game, the end around to Dez, where Dez is going to the offense's left throws a throws a little pass to Witten for the touchdown. I, I didn't know Dez was a lefty. I wonder if the Lions knew he was a lefty. Maybe not. I'm sure it wasn't on their minds. Um, but part of me thinks, yeah, that's a fun play. But that's a, a play that nobody would prepare for. Maybe you save that for the for the playoffs if you needed it in a big situation. But anyways, it was fun to see. Um, again, very good game by Dez. I've I have been a little hard on him of late, for sure. Tyron Smith left this game uh, late in the third quarter with a knee. The little I'm hearing so far, you know, 11 o'clock here in the morning in Pittsburgh on on Tuesday isn't super serious. But, you know, how does Dallas handle next week with who they play, who they don't? Do you get Romo some reps? How do you handle it? You know, you don't want to get a couple bye weeks in a row. Or, you know, Prescott's playing really well. and, And let's get to that side of the ball too. I mean, Big holes for Zeke, and he didn't finish the game wisely. Why would you? And I thought Prescott was outstanding in this game. Uh, he made plays with his legs. Uh, downfield passing, he was rarely pressured. Uh, the, the Lions' pass rush isn't much to write home about. And obviously, Dallas's offensive line is extremely good. Uh you know, uh, this is a difficult offense to deal with. And Prescott keeps passing every test, playing extremely well. Elliott looked great. I'm not sure what else I have to add on this one. i um, scanning my notes here. One thing I had a problem with from a Lions perspective, you know, you're, the game is over. Why is Stafford in the game very late with a broken finger? You know, he's with a huge, basically a playoff type game on the horizon next week. You know, be smarter with, with your guys. That's a pet peeve of mine around the NFL is you got to know when to fold them sometimes and just get your, your star out of there. He already has a broken finger. What if he hits it on someone's helmet or something in meaningless time? Just, you know, get him out and and wave the white flag and fight another day. I mean, sometimes pride gets in the way of these things. Um, so I'm interested to see how Dallas rests people for in Week 17. And we are going to talk a lot of Lions and Packers, I'm sure, uh, going forward, it's gonna be a gigundous game. All right, I told you yesterday that we were going to talk Steelers Ravens. that was also a primetime game, a lot of eyes on it. you know, I'm not sure how much football you guys watched over the last couple games. last couple days, I watched a lot. Um, but there was a lot of primetime games, a lot of standalone games. And this was a really fun one. Um, a really good football game in general. Went down to the wire, obviously. Um, the Steelers end up winning, of course, on, on Antonio Browns. you know, Reaching the ball over the plane with very little time left on the clock. And, and just to talk about that play real quick, because I've been asked about it a lot here in Pittsburgh. And I don't know this for a fact. But, I mean, first of all, I do know this for a fact. If he doesn't get in, First off, I don't think they—they they call. I don't think they get another playoff. I, I really don't. I mean, it's it's awful hard to get everybody lined up that quick. I, it would shock me if they got another playoff. He, if he doesn't get in, I can tell you Pittsburgh right now would be saying, "Fire Tomlin, fire Haley, Ben's done. This you know this team stinks." You know, but now the whole narrative is AB's the man. He's a superstar. Ben led the big drive. It's the best team in the world. Blah yada yada yada. And that's how fan bases work. And many of you are probably guilty of that. As well, and that's cool with me. Be fans, you do what you do, love it. Um, but I've also been asked, you know, was it a good play call? Because it was short of the, the goal line, obviously. And my first thought is, I got no problem with, hey, I'm going to give my best player the ball type of deal. I'm going to give a great player the ball as he's better. Best player, I don't know, maybe it's Le'Veon. But um, go with your studs call a play for him to make a play, which he did, you know, in an unorthodox fashion, you wouldn't think Antonio Brown would muscle the ball over the goal line. Um, although there was a massive face mask on that play too, that didn't get called or even recognized by the announcers. It, it, it shocked me that that was not a, a topic of conversation there. But my hunch is too. you know, bend through the ball a little bit behind him, And I don't know this, but I bet whenever they draw it up or Haley calls it, it's not it's probably designed to be caught a little bit deeper than that you know there's probably designed to be caught at the goal line maybe a a fraction behind it as opposed to going into the goal line you know but your routes get disrupted the pass wasn't perfect so you know the execution wasn't exact but it happened and great players make great plays at great times and that cliche and i believe in that cliche and uh, ben was very good in that last drive. Brown had a very good game. Uh, but some other notes, just going back from the start here. Ben threw two very poor interceptions. The second one was really bad. And when that one happened, I thought the game was over. You know, I, I thought I was like, man, that, that's a wrap. Uh, Boswell kicked two <laughs> two kickoffs out of bounds. You know, one was really an inopportune time. I mean, what are you doing? That made me a little bonkers. Um. But three fourth quarter touchdowns by the Steelers, you know Ben Bell Brown, you know the Killer Bees and the Stars, and they all really shined in this game. And and Bell was again just a constant in this game, you know the the foundation, the guy you lean on. Uh, Strong effort the whole time against a really good run defense, slightly overrated run defense. It's a good one. It's not historically good or anything like that. Uh, The Ravens were without their best corner, Jimmy Smith. Uh, they had some matchup problems in the secondary, but overall their defense played quite well. I thought the Steelers' offensive line had a phenomenal game, again, against a difficult defensive front. You know, the, some The beef they have in the middle of that Ravens line is really impressive. And then you mix in Jernigan, who's more the upfield athlete type of the group, too, and they really have a good group of defensive tackles. Um, I thought, the you know, you can talk about the Stars, Ben and Bell and Brown. and But to me, the Stars were probably the Steelers' offensive line. And I think it's not far off of Dallas's right there with Oakland's as one of the best offensive lines in the league. Uh, the Ravens had issues with pass rush. And I tend to think that's probably their number one offseason need. Uh, they drafted Correa last year. But uh, I think, and it's a good pass rush draft from what I understand, edge pass rushers, that Baltimore in round one probably should think about that strongly. You know, Suggs and Doomerville are not long for this world. Um, On the other side of the ball, you know, very little deep presence once again by Flacco in the Ravens passing game. Um, They're a different offense now. It's very much a dink and dunk, get it out. Uh, it's very few vertical shots. It surprises me they don't take more, especially because the O-line is pretty good and is playing well. I thought they did a good job of keeping pressure to a minimum. I thought they did a decent job opening holes. Uh, there's, you know, the, I think that's a solid offensive line. Flacco, I think, needs to push the ball to downfield more. I think it's more coaching than anything. Um, but he didn't handle pressure real well in this game when he was pressured, that's for sure. Steve Smith just keeps going. I mean, I wonder if we're going to see one more game of this guy. But it's amazing that he still factors in so much in every game he plays. Um, But the Ravens need to have a contingency plan going forward, too. I mean, I'm not sure Perryman will ever be that type of guy. But they're going to need a go-to receiver. Is it going to be Kamar Aiken again? He's a free agent. I don't know. Uh, But you can't count on Smith for the long haul. Uh, I thought Dixon was very impressive again. I really think he's going to have a bright future as a lead back. And that's no offense to West. I like West too. But I think Dixon has a lot more juice, a lot more in the receiving game, in the passing game. And then other rookies too, when Dixon was on the field, it was all three of those Steeler defensive rookies, Hargrave, Davis, Burns. I think all those guys are playing really well, getting better every week. There was a sec. There was a time here where I thought the Steelers' D line, without it, without Hayward, was really wearing down, and that the Bravens were grinding them and a lot of Dixon at that point. And I thought, man, the defensive uh, lack of depth here is really going to show, and that's going to be the difference in this game. Uh, they hung on though, and, and you know, use check with that really phenomenal run that looked like it end the game. Stayed on its feet, powered into the end zone. And that's the play we'd all be talking about if it wasn't for, you know, the next Steeler drive and the Brown reaching the ball over the goal line play. I mean, Juszczyk's play was every bit as impressive. It just didn't win the game for the Ravens. So in the end, Ravens basically had an average season. I think they're basically an average team. I think the Steelers are dangerous. It would really shock me if it's, you know, the, the teams in the West or in the AFC right now, Kansas City, Pittsburgh, and New England, to me, stand well above the other three that are going to be in the postseason. Um, Ravens, I do think, need to find a weapon or two or a go-to receiver, a pass rusher. But I don't think they're going away. I think they'll be a contender or in the mix for sure next year. Well-coached team. Heck of a football game. All right, all right, all right. We are going to talk about one more game, not the most exciting game, but one of the teams of the playoff team. Uh, tomorrow, I'm planning on doing power ranks. I think the next week, my power ranks might be something like the all the playoff teams, you know, there's, but there's four, six, there's 12 playoff teams, maybe do a position rank of one to 12, you know, quarterbacks, New England's one, Green Bay's two, whatever, um, all the way down, running backs. We I used to do that at ESPN. That was an article I did almost every year playoff time, but maybe we will rank um do a power ranks by position for each position next Wednesday. This one I'll do just as we usually do. And I guess in some ways it's not as exciting because, you know, your teams are out of it. Who cares if they're 20th or 22nd or whatever. And I guess I'll find something to, to kind of talk about with each thing, you know, each team again as I usually do. much if you have any ideas or suggestions of a, a category you want me to talk about, you know, the, for tomorrow's power ranks. Let's do that. I'm going to avoid off-season needs and those type of things, uh, and we'll hit that a lot harder during the off-season. Obviously, that'll be a huge topic of conversation. Um, so, power ranks tomorrow, and one more game to talk about today. Uh, <laughs> Bengals lose against the Texans on a Bullock missed kick <laughs> uh, with no time left on the clock. And I just find uh, it's funny because he was a, a Texan for the majority of his career. They got rid of him. He was with the Steelers just a couple weeks ago while Boswell was hurt since he picked them up from Pittsburgh and he's been really good going against his old team. He shanks one and the Texans win their division. I'm not saying I'm just saying, but you know, it, it's interesting. Um, but this game, Wasn't super exciting. It was all about defense on both sides of the ball. And you can say Dalton stinks, and they didn't have A.J. Green, and Savage isn't any good, and they didn't have Lamar Miller. But let's also give the defense's credit here, too. I mean, this Bengals defense is getting a lot better. They got a lot of pressure with Geno and Dunlap, but they weren't alone. You know, the, 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 the pass rush in general was pretty consistent, real consistent. And they, they did a good job and, and, you know, got after Savage quite a bit. Uh, I think the secondary for the Bengals is playing a lot better. It's more of a, a, a piece they can count on, as usual. And I think the secondary for the Texans is exceptional. Uh, I thought their defense played exceptional. Clowney was a total stud. Merciless always shows up. He's a really good player. Uh, A.J. Bouye has become a star at the corner. And like I said, the the rest of the corners there are really good. And they get Kevin Johnson back next year. He was playing really well before he got dinged up. I thought that led by Vince Wilfork, the defensive line for Houston was really difficult to move off the point. That they did a really good job, uh, especially against the run. You know, Clowney's a beast against the run and the pass. a very deserved pro bowler this year, in my opinion. Uh, so both defenses, let's give some praise here as opposed to just saying boy, this is an ugly game. These teams stink. They can't score. Well, the defenses are pretty good. and uh, Can Houston win a playoff game or two? It Maybe it'll be on the strength of their defense. So again, I, I think the three best teams in the AFC are Kansas City, Pittsburgh, and certainly the Patriots. Um, but Savage is under a lot of pressure in this game. Rarely went downfield. You know, Not an exciting showing by him. You can't say that my stock report on Savage went up after this game. It certainly didn't. Uh, not having Lamar Miller didn't help. And Hopkins wasn't real useful or helpful either. Had a couple drops and this was not making plays all that impressively. Or, you know, bailing out his quarterback. Surprising. You know, he deserves a little of the blame for what's going on this year too. I mean, he's not without blame. Speaking of which, it's just a side note, but I just wrote an article about Cam Newton and, you know, how his season hasn't gone to the plan. Uh, Check that one out. And I also wrote one about uh, the Raiders, what they do minus Carr and how things will change for them. Not real optimistic. But anyways, uh, when Brandon LaFell broke that 86-yarder, I was like, that's it, you know? I mean, nobody can score here. He he was, you know, the, the Bengals break free. LaFell ran away from people. That's a wrap. Uh, But it wasn't, you know, so Houston came back and played pretty well from that point on. Um, One thing I wanted to talk about, though, from the Bengals, from a negative perspective, their offensive line has gotten noticeably, noticeably worse from last year. And their line's been quite good these past several years. You know, they've gone to the playoffs. If you notice, teams, you know, there's an O-line shortage in the league right now. I don't think it's an accident that the Steelers, Patriots, Cowboys, Raiders. I mean, some of the teams with the offensive lines playing the best are some of the best teams in the league right now, Packers. Um, and the Bengals do not qualify. Year after year, I feel like they ignore the center position. Um, they've been very below average there, I think, in the past and done very little to do anything about it. Uh, this year, you know, last year they used two very early picks on tackle types in Fisher and Abue. Neither has been the answer at right tackle, to say the least. So right tackle and center have been problem areas all year long. Whitworth's still a very good player at left tackle, but he's up in age, and he's a free agent after this year. I'm pretty sure Zeitler's a free agent after this year too. Who's a you know Pro Bowl type, you know borderline type guard. But they're their two best linemen. Um, are, are, are the Bengals gonna? to spend money to keep what good linemen they have this offseason. I mean, I have some doubts, you know, they didn't keep a receiver last year and these guys are better players and probably more expensive than the receivers. They let go. They are a frugal organization and you're not going to, you know, change my opinion on that. So in a pretty weak offensive line draft, supposedly it's, it seems like a weak free agent class and the best guys are on the Bengals. They're going to get paid somewhere. Uh, I worry a lot about the Bengals' offensive line going forward. That's something that they cannot be passive about. But Texans are are in the postseason. And, you know, Bill O'Brien's one of the best coaches in the league, by the way. You know, look at the quarterbacks he's played with in the last three seasons. And no J.J. Watt this year. And I know their division isn't good. But, I mean, they want it. And they find ways to win. I think he's one of the more underrated coaches out there. All right, that's going to do it. Locked on NFL. Check out the rest of the Locked On Network. We will do power ranks tomorrow. Over and out.